0: Catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Monday morning, March 28th. I'm Matthew Bell and this is The Point from WUFT News. The property managers of the former West End golf course in Newbury have been under fire recently. In the latest development, the property owner was fined over $37,000 for code enforcement violations and general lack of upkeep on the course. WUFT's Violet Comber-Wilson spoke with reporter Sean Humphrey who covered the development that has caused more community members to be up in arms over the property. Here's Violet and Sean.
1: There was a lien issued on West End Golf Club in Newberry. The course has been closed for around a little over two years now. It closed before Christmas in 2019 and uh, since then the course has just become uh, overgrown with weeds and such broken glass like the it's in bad shape and the overall conflict with the property is that residents want the space to remain green they want it to be recreational space whether that's a park or a playground my story was on uh, a special magistrate hearing because the property had racked up thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars in fines and then the hearing was uh about the possibility of getting that fine reduced. And the owner of the property did get the fine reduced. And now he has until April 9th to pay it.
0: Why did the owner not notice that these fines were there? And what was the issue initially with not paying those?
1: Well, he said, um, he, he said he hadn't received notice because he used to live in Gainesville and had recently moved to Chicago. So most of the documentation and things like that were being sent to his Gainesville address. So He says that's why he had uh, no kind of notice. And he said that as soon as he received notice, he took care of it. He hired a tree specialist to remove the trees that were causing the fines, uh, even though residents ended up reporting other code violations in the area or possible code violations.
0: And then from your research, what is the kind of debate that's going on among this? I know you spoke about this a little bit, but what kind of developments are coming in that people are kind of rallying against?
1: Well, uh, around the area, there's a lot of new housing. Um, You've got Tioga Town Center across the street. And I know that's been there for close to 20 years, not quite 20 years, but uh, residents, they they just, there's no green space. The only green space that exists from I-75 to that area is right there at West End. And there's a lot of wildlife in the area, even as um, it's become more unkempt and uh, it's become more overgrown. So They don't want commercial development in the area. They don't want the area to be more congested. And a lot of them bought property on the course so that they could have uh, walking distance access to a golf course. So uh, seeing that space possibly become housing is what really has them rallying to try to stop that from happening, do anything within their power. And they want uh, future generations to be able to enjoy the space because it's a place with a 50-year history. For decades, generations of people had been going there to play golf. Uh, you know, there were youth golf programs. So uh, they, they want that back in the area rather than just a new housing development.
0: And then I see you spoke to a few residents at the end. Can you go into a little bit about specifically what they were saying?
1: A lot of them seem to think that the owner has allowed the property to get to the state because he wants to sell it as commercial. He wants it rezoned as like commercial property. He thinks, they think that that's his ultimate goal. Uh, And I know he has a buyer lined up. That's what he said at the hearing. And the lien prevents him from being able to sell the property.
0: Is there anything else that you'd like to add or you feel like would be important for the listeners to hear?
1: You know, I'm not trying to take a specific side or anything, um, but it was definitely interesting to see all these people just digging their heels in, some of them uh, 75, 80 years old or, or older. And uh people trying to fight for something that will be there after they're gone. So that was an interesting part of the story and that's why I enjoyed covering it. Even though I didn't get a direct comment uh, from Peter Min, the owner, to me, um, it was interesting trying to get around like both sides of this conflict and uh, without painting something that was super
0: one-sided. That was WFT's Violet Comber-Willen and Sean Humphrey on code violations at Newberry's West End Golf Club's course. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. The man responsible for the slaying of a UF student in 2020 is expected to change his plea in court. In December of 2020, Margaret Paxton was struck and killed on University Avenue in a hit-and-run accident. The driver of the vehicle, who previously pled not guilty, was arrested nearly seven months after the incident. Authorities were able to identify the vehicle with the help of citywide license plate identification. Family members and friends of Paxton are expected to deliver remarks to the court later today. The mayoral race for Gainesville is heating up after comments are exchanged between two probable candidates. City Commissioner David Ariola accused former GRU General Manager Ed Bolarski of making anti-immigrant statements on Facebook, the Gainesville Sun reports. The comments stem from the Gainesville Immigrant Neighbor Inclusion Plan a project which would provide a call-in translation line and translations for GRU applications, among others. In a Facebook post, Bolarski stated he would like to keep the call-in line for public comment, but do away with the multilingual line. Commissioner Ariola doubled down in his statements, stating that Bolarski was, quote, pandering to the anti-immigrant sentiment. The Rodman Kirkpatrick Dam in Putnam County is at high hazard, according to a new report released by the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. Repairs are estimated to cost upwards of $1 million, but watchdog groups say the true cost of repair may balloon into more than $4 million, reports NewsForJax.com. Discussions on whether to repair the dam have already begun. Florida Tax Watch President and CEO Dominic Calabro says the company supports the breaching of the dam and partial restoration of the natural floor of the Ocklawaha River. Meanwhile, an official with the Save Rodman Reservoir says the dam is a big asset to the fishing community and helps trap excessive nutrients and pollutants that would otherwise flow into the St. John's. Tourists and locals in South Beach are disappointed following the midnight curfew imposed last Wednesday. The curfew stems from gunfire that left five wounded on March 20th and March 21st. Curfew rules prohibited guests from being out after midnight unless traveling to and from hotels or residences. The shootings forced the hand of city officials to the dismay of local businesses and travelers alike, reports the Miami Herald restrictions are slated to be lifted today. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Matthew Bell, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Monday.